Welcome into the Fortress of Comicitude podcast. My name is Tyler. And I'm Mary. And I am Kylie. We are joined today by an awesome guest, writer of books like Electric Sublime and Ice Cream Man, W. Maxwell Prince. Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, howdy. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have pumped this Ice Cream Man book so hard on this podcast <laughs> for the last year. So it's really awesome to actually get to talk to you for a while. And yes. Uh, and fangirling. It's uh, <laughs> uh, so nice of you guys. Thank you so much. It was Mary's uh, comic of the year for 2018. Yes. Oh wow! Every time it comes out, it's always my pick of the week. Yep. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it's good to know that we have one fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> one. It, it, I think it was one of those things where it was like the cover was just really intriguing on that first issue. And it was like, what is this? And yes. then we've just never missed one. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you again. It's uh, I don't even really know what it is at this point, but um, <laughs> ha- ha- happy to keep making it. So uh, every new guest that we have on this show, we do what we call comic book secret origins, which is basically just your story of kind of how you got into comic books, either as a kid or a teenager or whatever. And what were some of like, I guess kind of the early stuff that you read that really got you hooked? Uh, sure. So, I mean, um, my parents were both big, uh, comic book fans, uh, growing up, uh, but they were pretty kind of down the middle, like, uh, Batman, Superman sort of stuff, especially Superman. Um, like most people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're 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 baby boomers. They kind of grew up in like the heyday uh, of Superman, kind of coming to to prominence as a, a cultural icon. Um, and so, yeah, I pretty much from a very early age was uh, exposed to that stuff. And uh, you know, probably for the first uh, I don't know uh, fifteen years of my life, it, it was kind of just you know um, superhero comics and action figures and the kind of you know run of the mill. Uh, young boy uh, kind of stuff. Um, and then as I, you know, kind of got older, later in, in high school, then early college, started to read uh, more independent titles, especially, you know, the stuff that uh, Vertigo was putting out um, and kind of started to refine my palette a little bit. Um, and yeah, it just kind of, you know, it was uh, the, the train never, never stopped moving. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome that your parents both read comic books. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah, and they're not like they're not like comic book, you know, geeks by any means. Like they don't, you know, um, they're not like those nerd the, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, they're not like you know, they're not like me. Like they don't know like trivia and like um, you know, like they can't like name every single character in every single place. But they just like they're kind of fans. You know, like they love that stuff. They wanted gotcha. it around. They loved, uh, especially the Christopher Reeve movies. You know, they were um, oh yeah in love with him and in love with that that franchise. So. What do they think of your books now? They're very happy um, that the book does well, but I, I think they're, um, you know, uh, speaking as a parent, I, I think when they when they when they read it, they're like, "Oh, what is what's exactly going through your head here?" Um, <laughs> they're probably trying to so, set you up for some kind of therapy, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they might be might be looking at that. So uh, yeah, they're but they're they're very pleased that you know. Uh, people respond to it and they're you know they get kind of stoked when i give them like a new piece of news or 
uh, some of them new art and stuff like that. Who would you consider some of your uh, inspirations and stuff for writing comic books? Uh, on the comic book side, um, definitely uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, yeah, I, I tend to uh, gravitate toward writers, and this is both in comics and in prose and in journalism um, that you know are uh, kind of have these. Uh, uh, they're kind of renaissance people um, in terms of the way that they, you know, uh, approach their craft. So, you know, Neil Gaiman, who is uh, a screenwriter and a, and a novelist and a, um, you know, he's kind of a, a, a fictional historian and a comic book writer was able to kind of include all of that stuff in his writing. And so that um, that's the kind of mold that I sort of gravitate towards. So uh, definitely him. Um, uh, Alton Bechdel, um, is uh you know for kind of the other side of like the the non-fiction comics with an x uh sort of writing uh anyone that kind of elevates the craft has has been someone that i've probably geeked out over for for months at a time so you were mentioning mentioning like uh vertigo books earlier and then you bring up neil gaiman so i'm assuming sandman was probably something that was picked up by you (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do like a yearly reread of of the entire series, including wow. all the little. All that's the a little tough side task, dude. That's stuff. a pretty long series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, it, not only is it long, but it's like you know, some of the issues are actually kind of challenging. So it's not like a quick read by any means, you know. But it's um, I try to do it once a year. How old were you when you first read Sandman? See, I wasn't. I didn't really get exposed to it. So I was probably twenty. Oh, okay. Um, so it had already been coming out for a while. So I wasn't, you know, going to the shops to get it. I was definitely like gotcha. picking up tra- pick, pick up trades and stuff. I read it at a fairly young age, and it's definitely one of those things that I, on the reread as I was older, I appreciated a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, I was, um, you know, the the other side of of my my brain is is uh, reserved for for prose fiction writing. So as you kind of start to build that catalog in your head you start to realize you know where this guy is pulling from and all the kind of you know illusions that he's making and stuff so it's uh it's one of those things where i feel like every time you reread it uh, as you get older you start to appreciate it more and more so yeah. that's like similar to stuff people say about like preacher too is as you get older you can appreciate what that book is trying to do a lot more yeah yeah you know i've, I've actually never read preacher oh my that is my all-time favorite comic book preacher <laughs> you're you're, you're not the first person that has said that to me. <laughs> Probably won't be the last either, I'm sure. <laughs> I have never read Preacher either, actually, but I've I've heard the acclaim. That's your homework for the week. Read Preacher. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get on it. <laughs> so let's talk about some of your like early works and stuff. What's some of the first stuff that you were able to get uh, published and stuff that you worked on? Uh, sure. So my first book... Uh, my first published book, at least, was um, a book called Judas, The Last Days. It was uh, an OGN on IDW uh, publishing. Um, that was a weird book, and it took a really long time to make. It was basically me just kind of learning how to make a comic. Um, oh. I uh, Before I had even really started writing comic books, I had met uh, an IDW editor at uh, a New York comic convention, and we just kind of hit it off talking about um, just not even really comic stuff, just 
things that we were both, uh, turns out we were interested in. I forget exactly how we kind of struck up the conversation, but, uh, he gave me his card. Uh, his name is Tom Waltz. Uh, He's also like the co-writer on all the uh, Ninja Turtles. I was going to say, yeah, he uh, write, he co-writes Turtles with Kevin Eastman. <laughs> I was like, I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's a really nice guy. He's a really smart guy. And um, he he was like, yeah, if you ever, you know, get into into writing or you want to talk more, just uh, drop me an email. Um, and so I started making this book, which was about the apostles and they're immortal and uh, Jesus comes back. It's, it was kind of this whole thing. Um and I was working, I worked with an artist named John Amor, who uh, lives in the Philippines. Uh, and we made about maybe 10 pages. Uh, and at that point, a, a lot of it for me was kind of like throat clearing, like me just kind of learning what it means to make a comic, how to collaborate with someone, how to... Learning as you, you know, go. Um, yeah. And, you know, sc- all the, like the little, um, you know, fine details of doing this stuff, the, the specifics of it, the script writing and the, you know... Uh, editing um, and the kind of getting the inks in and getting the colors in and working with all these different people, um, you know, kind of project managing. Um, so we sent Tom, yeah, about eight or 10 pages um, of the book. And he basically said, oh, this is great. Um, we want to do it, but uh, we will not uh, fund it. Uh-huh. Um so I could only really create the book as fast as I could pay for the book. Um, so five years later, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> a long time. Yeah, the, the the book came out. Um, That's a doomsday clock uh, schedule right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've I've heard about that that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, and it was and pretty much you know six people read the book and but it was you know a resume builder and it, it kind of got uh you know pushed pushed me forward to kind of doing more stuff and then uh, i started working on another book at idw called the electric sublime with martine who is also my artist on uh, ice cream man um and then started working on another ogn with uh john the same artist from judas uh which became uh, it wasn't even really an OGN at first. It was just kind of like a fun little exercise to like clear my brain. Um, but then we like made two or three chapters of this thing called One Week in the Library. Yeah, what's um, that about? Because I've only seen the name. I haven't looked up what that's really about, what that one's about. Uh, sure. So it's um, it's kind of actually where Ice Cream Man sort of came from. Um, so yeah. I, for, for the Judas book on IDW, um, it was... Uh, really, it, it was difficult to write, not only because I had no idea what I was doing, but um, it, it was uh, 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 about a subject that I didn't really know anything about. Um, so a lot of like, uh, you know, biblical uh, literature and uh, New Testament um, kind of exegesis and all this, all, yeah. all the all the Bible stuff. Um, I took classes in New York to try to like learn more about it because I wanted to, you know, um, actually write something that was kind of true to uh the kind of vastness of, of that whole world yeah you um, didn't want to just write nonsense yeah yeah and i wanted it to i wanted it to kind of connect to real things and you know especially if people of faith were reading the book i wanted it to um you know kind of reference things that they might know or have handy in the back of their heads so uh it was just it was kind of like a super heavy process and i wanted to uh kind of just uh, loosen up a little bit so I decided to do something just kind of experimental and I made this one 
it's like an eight page short story with John afterwards, just to kind of um, stretch out a little bit and, and kind of uh, stretch our muscles out. Um, and it, it was called uh, Thursday in the library. And it was just about this librarian stuck in a massive infinite library um, kind of modeled after the library from uh, Jorge Luis Borges's uh, library of Babel. Um, and uh, it was just about a guy like kind of getting lost in a book and then talking to his dad and then he kind of comes out of the book and he's stuck in the library. Um, and then that kind of morphed into a project where if I could, I could do one, that was Thursday in the library. I could do Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then the idea became to do a different style of storytelling for every day. Mm. Um, so one of the, stories uh was told almost completely in infographics um uh, my my day job is in infographics and graphic design so uh one of the chapters is all in infographics another chapter is all in prose like typeset prose Uh, another one plays with color so it became kind of this experimental thing where it was all these stories about uh, this librarian who was stuck in a library where the books were kind of um, acting up uh so to speak um but then in each chapter, I could also kind of try out a new style or, or you know, kind of uh, flex a new muscle. Um, so it's really weird and also uh, not widely read. But one of the uh, chapters, which was completely silent, um, was nominated for an Eisner. So that was that kind of helped me a lot. Kind of in my, That's got to be gratifying. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was really gratifying and um, really good for my kind of, you know, forward momentum and, and whatever this is, a career or a hobby <laughs> or whatever it turns out to be. Yeah. Are they still in print? Uh, they are all still in print. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good to know. Probably worth pointing out, too, if anybody's interested in reading that uh, Judas The Last Days book, it is on Comixology Unlimited. So if you have a Comixology Unlimited account, you can read that for free with your subscription. Yeah, I would say it's not like super great, so don't. don't <laughs> oh, come on! Don't anyone don't don't anyone spend too much time uh, worrying about it, but or don't uh, judge I, you too harshly. Well, the third yeah, the library I, sounds intriguing to yeah. me. I, I I do want to read that definitely. I still stand by that, so so uh, uh, everyone feel free. Okay. <laughs> now you got to stand up for your work better than that, man. I'm like, yeah, don't read that. <laughs> Again, you're not the first person to say that. (laughs) I'm going to kind of pass it off to uh, Kylie and Mary here for a minute because we're going to talk about The Electric Sublime, which they have both read. I have not read it yet, but uh, they were both big fans. Yeah, I really enjoyed The Electric Sublime. I liked the idea of art making people crazy and art having like its own world. Yeah, it was uh, because that is true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed it as I uh, I did decorative painting and traveled all around the world for quite a few years. So the the art aspect of Electric Sublime, I, I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here that kind of has to do with Electric Sublime and Ice Cream Man. Um, sure. Some things I noticed, and I, I'm kind of curious if this was you or the artist involved in this. Um, so... In Ice Cream Man issue nine, I I had really strong vibes of uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower. 
which I've also never read. But no uh, kidding. I, okay, well that answers yeah. my question basically because there's there's a panel in the Electric Sublime as well where it's like right out of a like the Dark Tower novels. So I was I was wondering if that was an influence on you at all, but apparently you just answered that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, not for me, but Martine is is also very well read and, and um, you know has has a lot of uh, knowledge about all different types of fiction and art. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was making specific illusions that were completely over my head. Okay. <laughs> And there was also another thing I noticed in, in the, again, it goes to the artwork. I don't know if it's in the script at all. At the end of issue nine, when he's writing off, there, he's kind of writing towards a big mesa that has a, a devil's tower sort of vibe to it. And like issue one of Electric Sublime, they walk past one of the patient's rooms and they're painting. And it has that same like devil's tower type of thing that they're painting. I didn't know if that was an intentional thing or if that was, again, the artist. So the, the, that was definitely both direction in my script, but I've also never uh, never dabbled in the, in the Devil's Tower. Oh, okay. Um, uh, for I can't remember what the direction was in Electric Sublime, but um, the idea for the issue nine of Ice Cream Man was to make somewhere that um, is basically kind of out of like a, a Cormac McCarthy novel. Um, so lots of mesas, lots of dust, um, and then Martine, uh, as he often does, uh, took my idea, which is kind of simple on the surface, and elevated it uh, to make it something more like a, uh, like a Mobius um, uh, kind of environment. So, okay, Martin is so good yeah. too, man. It's, yes, uh, he love is, his art. He is so good. He he's not only good; he's also a very good person. Um, he is a ray of sunshine. I don't. I don't think I'd be able to continue to make <laughs> to make to make this book if it wasn't for Martine. So nice. Uh, and while while we're talking, also uh, our colorist Chris O'Halloran, because uh, he's um, those colors are. He, oh, I, I, yeah, Ice Cream Man is beautiful yeah. all around. Yeah, I think he's he's probably like you know one of the the rising stars uh, in terms of of coloring in the industry, and I think we're lucky to have snagged him kind of early in his ascendancy. So. Nice. As far as the Electric Sublime goes, is there going to be any more of that at some point, or is that kind of done? We need to know. Yeah, <laughs> left us hanging there. That's a that's a fantastic question. Um, so a lot of it, um, which is unfortunate, but a lot of it kind of depends on uh, like TV stuff. Um, you know, IDW pretty actively tries to develop all of their properties. Um, and there is, uh, I don't want to speak out of school, but there is, you know, some some interest in the Electric Sublime from mm-hmm. from those folks folks over over out west. Um, so if that uh, that'd be really interesting, like a, I would I would like to see something of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, their their pitch, their take on it is kind of fun. It's kind of like a procedural, uh, you know, kind of like one of your your cop shows, but in the in the art history world. Um, if if that kind of takes off, uh, I, I'm sure there will be more. If I could um, remember all of my art history at this point, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, since writing that book, I, I've always been uh, a big fan of art history. It's something I, I studied really closely and and and, and uh, really in a dedicated way um, in college. Uh, but um, yeah, in the past however many years, I've 
ran these other books. I still have my, my full-time day job. I, I had a, a daughter. So more and more information is just You're kind busy. of leaving my head. <laughs> You're least, busy. Yeah. I, and and my, my brain is sort of, you know, um, kind of uh, starting to become a little bit of mush. So <laughs> hope, hopefully if we pick it back up, I can, I can remember all my fun little uh, art history factoids. <laughs> so um, you and Martina Miraza do the Electric Sublime. Did you uh, choose to team back up with him for Ice Cream Man? Or was that something that you both had decided to do together when you kind of came up with the idea or how did that kind of work sure yeah so when i was looking to make the electric sublime uh which was called before that uh art brute um which was the main character's name but we we wound up having to change the title um i was basically just um kind of looking at the the comic book shelves and i was like who who's like a a person that's done work recently doesn't seem to be working right now um and I made a list of like four or five um, artists and kind of studied them a little bit. And, you know, the, the Electric Sublime was kind of a demanding uh, book in terms of what I would be asking the artist to do uh, in terms of uh, uh, recreating, you know, classic works of art, bringing the inside of classic works of art to life, uh, mimicking, um, you know, uh, classical art styles uh, in the comic book in the comic book format so I, I kind of did some research on you know people that I were that I was confident would be willing and to take on this challenge and do it well and I kind of whittled my list down to like three people um, Martin was the first one that I emailed and he got back to me same day and was like I get it this is awesome um, so uh, we just kind of went into it and then IDW picked it up, uh, but only for four issues. Um, and by the time we were done making the book, Martine and I were still, you know, relatively uh, early in our relationship and our working relationship, and we had kind of just started to really um, hit our hit our stride in terms of like a, a collaborative relationship. Um, so I was like, oh, we should we should do more stuff together, and he uh, agreed. And I told him about this weird little thing um that i wanted to do where you know each issue would be uh its own story but with this kind of loose connective tissue of this like single uh kind of magical character um and once again he sort of got it immediately uh so we rolled right into it and and things uh things went really well so we're we're still doing it so what it sounds like is that you already had your stories in mind and then you just brought in Rick and Caleb after, right? A little bit. Yeah, well, Rick was always there. Um, and then I kind of, um, I started to get, I, I, I kind of, I have a little bit of like storytelling ADD, which is why this book suits <laughs> me. Um, I, I don't really like telling long format stories, so it's not something... And this is from from having done one week in the library. I kind of started to realize where my strengths were in storytelling. Um, so I, you know, uh, compression and these kind of uh, shorter um, contained stories were something that I felt like I could bring to life really well. Gotcha. Um, so Rick was always there, but then as I started to kind of tell these stories um, in Ice Cream Man, I 
my my storytelling ADD kicked in, and I was like, oh, what if I could also tell while telling these short stories, like a longer story about this this ice cream man guy. Um, and I'll admit that part of that was also from like um, fan response after issues one and two sold out. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, like I'm, I'm interested to, to learn more about the ice cream man. When I had come up with a series, I wasn't intent, intending to have anyone learn any more about the ice cream man. <laughs> uh, just going to be this mysterious character. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, and this is still the case where for me, even though I've I've kind of now started to weave in this like um, this kind of uh, larger story, uh, this older story of, of these two guys kind of uh, chasing each other through time. Um, the the main the meat of every issue has to be for me the whoever the short story is about. So you know the the the, the non. Uh, uh, godly character gotcha um so yeah it just kind of evolved over time into something uh weird but you know the the hope is at the end of the day um each individual issue is still interesting on its own right without having to have read any other issue they definitely are i will i will be the first to that i think that's my favorite thing about the series is that there's no possible way to guess where it's going because each issue has a different feel and it's so different from the previous one Mm -hmm. and i love it because it it just keeps the book so fresh every time an issue comes out i have no idea what i'm gonna get yeah yeah i mean that's you know thank you very much that's uh that's kind of the hope right is that like you know um that in no issue am i just moving some character from point a to point b that i could you know say something in each issue uh, inside of this kind of structure or world that we've built up. But um, I feel like it's, you know, uh, it served us well. And I, it seems like people, you know, uh, kind of want that from comics to a certain extent because the there could be, a, uh, I mean, a lot of comics do serial storytelling very well, but then other comics, you know, even really good ones, there's this kind of slog of, you know, just kind of having to move the plot along and, uh, you know, you you might spend 22 pages just, um, you know, filling in gaps for something because you need a character to get from this place to that place. And so you're kind of, you know, forcing them to get from this place to that place over 22 pages. Um, some people could tell the story really well. I feel like other times it could be a little bit of a of a drag. So it's nice to be to not have those constraints and just be like, all right, I have, you know, 22 to 26 pages to tell a complete story and then I'm in and I'm out. And then if that one worked, that's great. If it didn't work, also fine. I'm just on to something else come next issue. Are you a fan of like, um, like anthology type storytelling, like the Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, stuff like that? Is that something that you have kind of always been interested in doing? Yeah, so I've never seen Black Mirror, but um, back to kind of my parents being uh, weirdos, they... uh, (laughs) Um, we were part of a VHS subscription service when I was growing up uh, for Twilight Zone, okay. where uh, every month they would mail you this tape in this really beautiful like VHS box, um, which had maybe five or six Twilight Zone episodes on it. Uh, and every time that, that would come, we would spend the weekend watching the episodes. Um, so I, I've seen pretty much every episode of the original Twilight Zone. Um, and so... Uh, definitely a big fan of that. I'm also, um, 
I love, uh, you know, just kind of prose fiction, short stories. So almost all of my favorite writers are short story writers. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, in the short format. And you're a horror fan as well? <laughs> uh, no, um, I actually, uh, I don't know anything about horror. And that's my dirty secret. Well, you, um, wow. you wouldn't know from reading Ice Cream Man. I, you I fake it I, pretty well. <laughs> I hate being scared. I don't watch horror movies. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I've probably seen like five or six in my entire life. I did recently watch <laughs> the new, the new it. Oh, wow. Um, that's diving in deep there for not liking uh, horror. <laughs> well, I, you know, the scariest part of, of that movie to me was that kids that young would curse that much. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, having a two-year-old, I'm like, oh, like, is this going to be what my daughter sounds like when she's nine years old? Like, e- even if you're, <laughs> even if you're r- running away from a killer clown, I feel like that, that was a lot of blue language for for, <laughs> uh, for kids to be using. But yeah, so um, I, I definitely, you know, I, I respect horror and, and appreciate horror and what it offers people, but that's not my forte. And I, I know people are always kind of like surprised to hear that but um you know kind of again about the evolving nature of the book is that it didn't really start for me as a horror um book because it was the idea was that it could be every genre that i could just try something different every single issue so like issue one was definitely um you know kind of dabbling in something a little scarier and creepier and then um, but it was so much fun that I kind of started to embrace it. And I think I've definitely learned a lot just from my own story- storytelling about, you know, what what weirds people out, what scares people, what's just kind of shock value, which also, has you know, is fun in its own right. But uh, I've, uh, it's kind of been an education on the go uh, for me with this book. But, yeah, so that's, that's – please don't tell anybody that I don't know anything about horror. Yeah, we'll yeah. edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one's going to hear this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I don't know about my my co-hosts here, but I, I think my my favorite issue, I, I can't remember the specific number. I think it's three or four is the, is the issue with the, the guy that wrote the hit song. Yes, yeah, the one-hit wonder. The one-hit wonder issue. I lo- And it seemed like Martine was really having a lot of fun drawing those pages because it, he kind of went... A little crazy it seemed like like he he you got the feel like he was really enjoying himself drawing I, it, those. it sound it felt like both of you it enjoyed your like it sounds like you had you have uh some some love for music with all the references you put in there i really enjoyed that oh yeah oh thank you yeah so that one's probably my favorite so that one is um uh based on a uh piece of long-form journalism uh, that came out in like I think it was Texas Monthly, like maybe ten years ago. I, I read it online a couple years ago, and it just kind of stayed with me about um, Bill Haley, um, who is the lead singer of a band called The Comet. He he um, did he did look a lot like Bill Haley in that comic in that comic book issue. Yeah, so well, so Bill Haley like famously wrote uh, Rock Around the Clock, um, and that was kind of his only real hit ever, um, and this this article was about Bill Haley's life, especially after the hit and how, you know, kind of uh, typical sort of musician stuff devolved into 
some alcoholism and some bad some bad deals and some you know uh, marriage strife and all that sort of stuff but the one kind of salient salient aspect of that article was that um he would sit in this diner and whistle his own song um in the hopes that other people in the diner would recognize him this was toward the end of his life um and i just thought that was the saddest thing Hmm. i'd ever ever heard um so I decided to kind of make an analog of him. So he's um, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets. Uh, my guy is Bud Hickey uh, and the Rockets. Um, it seems so Bill obvious Haley now wrote, that you explain yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Bill Haley wrote Rock Around the Clock. Bud Hickey wrote Rock All the Time. Um, and then, of course, it kind of departs from that that like reference and he kind of enters this world of, of, of you know, uh, musical beings and Very songs, come to li- yeah. s- songs coming to life and all that. But yeah, so the, but the, the origins of that issue are, are from this really, uh, amazing article. You guys should all read it if you have the time. Uh, just look up, uh, the article was called falling comet. Um, mm. I forget who the writer was, but it was just, it's a politics, like an hour to read. It's pretty long, but it's oh, really wow. fantastic. Pretty fantastic. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Mary, do you have a favorite issue of Ice Cream Man? Um, it's hard for me to pick. I really like the first one. I really like the silent one where it splits off into the three parallel. That one's just gorgeous yeah. all around. And then oh, I really liked the ambulance one. So those are probably my oh. top three. Okay. Uh, oh, I've liked them that. all. They're 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 again all very different, which is what I really like about this. But I go back to that. Uh, issue nine just it really just hit me where I'm like oh my god this is this is like the dark tower and oh and the I'm, falling I'm man digging this so much <laughs> oh the falling man was so good too. yeah oh yeah that was that was pretty twisted yeah the, the falling man <laughs> was uh yeah that like, was messed up <laughs> that was pretty uh, messed yeah. up I liked it <laughs> well thank thank you I think um <laughs> yeah no it's uh if you guys liked uh, issue nine uh issue 12 is kind of a really nice bookend to that issue um that one that one comes out it's going to be just two weeks delayed from its original day it comes out in early may um first time we ever didn't hit our deadline but uh that's completely my fault i i scheduled yeah i um martin works on a on a second book as well it's and called so him and I work. Fly, and it's very, very it's good. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and he, uh, him and I work very closely, like around his schedule, because I want to make sure he's never overburdened. And um, I kind of, um, it was I, to be honest, I, I kind of made a typo, um, and it turned out that one of the dates that I had written down was not realistic. So we we just had to move back the release date a couple weeks. But um, yeah, if you like issue nine, issue twelve is because uh, we, we, we work in like four issue arcs. Those are the, every four issues gets collected into a, a trade paperback. Yeah. Um, so this particular arc uh, where each it's kind of again like playing around with different genres where I wanted to tell you um, sort of uh, explore a different type of storytelling in every single issue. Uh, so that issue nine was like a Western Corners McCarthy story. Issue 10 was a border story that I wanted to try to uh, do something in Spanish. Um, that was really issue... hard to read, but <laughs> I, I worked through it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, bless you for, for actually like 
trying and using Google Translate or whatever you did. Because, I, yep, Google uh, Translate. <laughs> I, I get a lot. I still am getting a lot of people because I, I wrote like in the inside cover, like if you're having trouble, use Google Translate yeah. or you could email or you could email me for a cheat sheet. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people are uh, exposing themselves as, as as to whether or not they're they're up for the challenge because uh, I'm, I'm getting still getting emails um, asking for that cheat sheet. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I saw that you, on the inside cover, and I thought that's not his real email, right? Because you're probably getting bombarded with stuff at this point. <laughs> I, I've got I've got good spam filters and stuff, um, <laughs> but honestly, like I, um, I that is my real email, and I, um, as you guys know by now, um, I. Uh, How do you think we got him on I, the show, Kylie? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have. I have no problem, but I'd say 99% of the people that have, have written in are just super nice. And the, you know, story is connected with them in one way or another. And I'm, um, always, and I, I'm always happy to just talk to people and talk about the book. So, uh, it's not a big deal for me to throw my email address out there. How has the response been overall to the series? It seems like it's been received pretty well. I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're still going and the, the, um, I think we're, um, kind of a, an unusual case for, uh, an image book of our stature where like our numbers, uh, still go up, um, de- you know, depend from issue to issue, depending on, on the, on the issue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, we're, uh, we're booked for at least another four. So we're going to go for, to issue 16, um, and then hopefully, you know, even more after that, um, we've got, you know, uh, Universal working on a pilot script, and who knows if that's mm-hmm. ever gonna, who knows if that's ever gonna be anything. Um, but yeah, the the ice cream man machine, as it were, is still uh, chugging along, so we're, <laughs> we're 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 still here. Ice cream man could definitely work, I think, as a TV show, especially if it really just leaned hard into that Twilight Zone type storytelling yeah. i think if if you were to do it that way i don't see any reason why it wouldn't work yeah apparently it's uh that and that you know style of storytelling on television is kind of in vogue right now between like i said i haven't seen it but i know about it black mirror and then jordan peele is reviving yeah. twilight zone spielberg is doing amazing stories on when apple launches their platform um there are a bunch of other like you know um short story format or, or single uh, anthology uh, format um, shows out right now. So I think it's kind of uh, hot or whatever. We'll see if we'll see if things cool down by the time we actually get all of our, our ducks in a row. But um, it's been fun just kind of watching, um, you know, watching Universal try to try to make it into a thing. So it didn't take them very long to snag that up, did it? <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I would, I would love to believe that that's because of, because of the book, but uh, which I think it is to a to a, a certain extent. But um, you know, the the people over in Hollywood love fresh comic book IP, um, and they it's really the hot thing right now. Yeah, they keep they keep their eyes peeled on the on the store shelves, and every time something new comes out and does well, uh, you know, that creator gets gets that that call or that email. I mean, I. Um, I, I got a fair share and it's, I've talked to other creators who have also just gotten a ton when they have a new book come out. So I, I think it's, you know, um, it's great. It's, it's a good, 
uh, I think benefit for, for comic book writers. We have to also, um, remember that, you know, you're first and foremost, a, a comic book creator and to focus on making good stories. And if, if something else comes of that, then it's, it's just kind of a, a cherry on top, uh, as it were. Definitely. So I, I have a question. You kind of answered it with uh, saying you're you've, you're at least going to 16 issues with the Ice Cream Man. Um, if we hit 16, I mean, do you have an ending uh, an ending plan for this story? Or if 16 hits and it's over with, do we get closure on anything? Or what's going on with uh, that? Oh, uh, there definitely won't be closure. I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I know ahead of time that people will be disappointed with that, but that's not, um, you know, the idea with, with Rick and Caleb is that their, their story is interesting, but their story is also, you know, uh, largely metaphorical in a way. Um, you know, they're supposed to represent something, not necessarily they're, they, they're, um, intriguing in their own right, but they're also, you know, they're stand-ins for these larger ideas. So, uh, they will continue to appear, um, and kind of be woven in and out of certain stories. But uh, the plan is to just kind of continue to tell interesting short format uh, single issues. And if I can, you know, kind of uh, push push that, that can down the road of, of Rick and Caleb's story and kind of uh, keep people interested in it, I'll, I'll look to do something that, is close to closure, but definitely not closure uh, for whenever the book ends. Good, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with what you were saying earlier that it's the, the the best part of the stories is never necessarily the Rick and Caleb stuff. It's always the other stuff that's going on. Like the, as interesting as it is, like that's kind of always more in the background to me. I'm always I'm I'm always blown away by how quickly I able to get invested in these characters that only appear in one issue. Like I'm way more invested in any of that stuff from issue to issue than I really am in the Caleb and Rick stuff. It was to the point when I was, when I was reading them that um, there were certain characters that would pop up in the background of one issue that I would flip back and go, Hey, is that the one from this issue? No, I don't think it is. Well, maybe. And then there's this character walking in the back. Hey, is that the character from that issue? I, I, and I'm probably just reading too much into it when you I'm are. doing that. You are. You're just that, reading but, too much into it. Know, it's fun. No, it's you're, fun. You're, no you're, you're totally not. No, um, okay. Oh. So that, that, is, that is the idea is that these, you know, all these uh, characters can appear uh, kind of on the periphery of all these other stories. So, uh, you know, in issue one, there's a detective. Um, she reappears in issue two. Um, in issue three, you know, the the Bud Bud Hickey character mm-hmm. um, spends a lot of time in this diner. In issue eight, um, and he's friends with the owner of the diner. In issue eight, the ambulance drivers stop in that same diner and talk to the owner. Oh, I didn't catch um, that. In issue. In issue six, um, in the silent uh, issue, they're uh, in the three different realities when the uh, uh, the main character is walking through the park. Yeah, this is, um, this is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, all of the characters in the background on that page are from previous issues. Okay. It's not fair. Um, Kylie read it in trade. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <It's>, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's uh, in issue seven. The guy that's getting skinned alive on the bed in the woods is the drug addict from issue two. So the um, oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, and then, uh, oh wait, did issue eleven come out yet? No, it no, didn't. no. Um, that yeah. should be soon though, right? Yeah, it's uh, ooh, I could look it up. Uh, <laughs> it is March twenty seventh. March twenty seventh. Is that's, that okay? So two okay. Uh, just two just weeks. about two weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, that one's got a character from uh, issue four in it. It also has an analog from myself as the main character. Um, oh, oh, okay. It's See, about it's reality Dark shows. Tower, man, I, all over again. It's about reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> I watch I watch too much reality TV, and it's about me being trapped in reality TV. So, oh, so. that sounds terrifying. That is a horror show, right there. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't even have to add creepy stuff for it to be horrific. So. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, we have just enjoyed the crap out of this book, man. I can't uh, even express it enough. Mary has become obsessed with this comic, yes. and we've we've had to buy every version of it that's out there. We have all the singles, and we've got the trades. We got the San Diego comic-con hardcover of the first trade it's oh my just, god yeah we yeah we <laughs> mary has a problem i'm obsessed <laughs> hey i i am very flattered thank you so much it's uh you know it's kind of what you hope for when you when you write a book is that people like it and connect with it and, and be invested so uh i thank you so much she desperately wants one of martine's pages that we need to get her at some point but. yeah <laughs> Like, oh yeah, no problem. I mean, and if it's like, I, I I've got a couple of myself. If it ever doesn't work out, uh, you could you could have one of mine. Oh, I mean, he he has them up on his store, and he sells them like ridiculously cheap for interior artwork. I I, I was blown away when I saw how cheap he sells them. It's just we just need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his uh his art dealer I think is is making him uh bump up the prices a bit so uh, oh, okay. definitely if you're looking to I, I would i would say snag it soon just because he's you know gonna bump uh, him up probably that's good to know because yeah i was really surprised when i saw that because you you just don't find pages that cheap anymore oh yeah. and, and pages nowadays it seems like everyone's gone to computers digital. and the tablets and stuff yeah, so everything's digital now it seems like that's kind of a, a thing of the past just a, a good illustration of how nice Martina is. Uh, Martina and I have met in person maybe two or three times now, just at, you know, conventions. Um, and we were at uh, New York Comic Con, I guess, last uh, October. And I, was, I don't table or anything like that because I'd be terrible at that stuff. But I, um, <laughs> I, I, like, to, I like to walk around for a couple hours. And um, I went to go visit him at his table in Artist Alley. And I was looking at his... At his page, I was like, "Martin, these are so good," uh, and I was like pointing to two of them, and I was like, "These ones, especially, like they just came out uh, so much more wonderful than I ever could have thought." And he was like, "Oh, do you want them?" Um, wow. So, so he, and he just put them in like a sleeve and like let me have them. So he's, he's just such a, a oh, that's a really wonderful nice. guy. He yeah. he's one of those guys that like always responds yes. to me on Twitter if you. If you Instagram. ask him a question or if you tell him, hey, Ice Cream Man was really good this week, he's always, like, I mean, almost in- instantaneously, like, responding, thank you very much. Like, he's very, very nice. Same business day, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we actually talk about that. It's the same thing with, like, my, my email address. It's like, you know, we're not, you know, we're, uh, even if we were, like, superstars, like, we're just, we're making a book. The whole point is that we want people to like it. So, like, why not, 
you know, respond to every single message you get if someone, you know, says that they, they're into it. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's great about that. Cool. Well, before, uh, we let you get out of here, um, is there any kind of a tease or anything you can give us for, you said you guys are cleared for 16 issues. What can we kind of look forward to, uh, in the coming issues for ice cream man that you want the listeners to kind of keep an eye out for? Sure. So issue 12, which comes out in early May, um, is a science fiction story that takes place in space. Cool. Uh, it is a first for me and Martine is just, uh, I wish I could show everyone the pages now. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I say this about every single issue, but it's some of the best work he's ever done. Um, then we're off, uh, our trade comes out for volume three in June. And then issue 13 comes out in late July. Uh, issues 13 through 16 are going to be um, also kind of experiments in storytelling. Uh, one of them is kind of exploding in my face right now. It's really hard. Um, uh, I will say that issue 13, uh, if all works out, uh, will be able to be read both forwards and backwards in exactly the same way. Oh, that sounds um, awesome. That sounds like a massive pain in the neck, though, <laughs> it, <laughs> to write. Uh, it, it is causing me a lot of stress, and um, I, 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 if it if you if it winds up being something different than what I'm telling you right now, you you have it on record here. It's because it just didn't work out, and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't crack crack the code. But the, I don't think anyone would the, blame you. <laughs> we're rooting for you though to but, to make it work. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, you that is the, the hope. That is the hope. Hope right now, and then yeah, we have a lot of. Um, you know, I try to get really good uh, variant artists for for each issue, um, and the next four uh, variant covers are really uh, different from the ones that we've done so far. It's uh, we have Wes Craig from uh, Deadly Class, and mm-hmm. um, this collage artist named Paul Rentler, um, who did this amazing. Uh, ice cream man cover made from like you know, public domain old cartoons um yeah it's just uh yeah a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming up awesome man well everybody go read ice cream man i know we've plugged it to death already but you got to hear it from one of the one of the creators himself talk about the process and uh, you can see how much care goes into this book w maxwell prince martin Morazzo. it's a great book I, I can't recommend it enough because there's just not a lot of books out there like this anymore. And I, it's just, it's really refreshing to grab it off the shelf every time it comes out. Thank you so much. And so uh, thanks for being on the show so much, man. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yes. Hey, no Thank problem. you. Thank you. Well, Thank that for does, having me. Well, that does it for us here. Make sure you're uh, following us on social media. I think uh, W Maxwell Prince is on Instagram. I know that. Yep. You don't have a Twitter, though, I, I don't think. No Twitter, and most of my Instagram posts are just pictures of my daughter. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I can vouch. <laughs> <laughs> Mary stalks you. It's all right. I'm sorry. I'm not weird about hey. it. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. My my daughter's name is Juniper. She's uh, she's a, a pretty little girl. So she's she's adorable. I, I, she is adorable. I, I have seen pictures. I, I'm 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 happy to share her with people. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Make sure you guys are following us on social media everywhere. We will be back here next week to do our 80th birthday podcast for Batman next week, which is going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, until next time, my name is Tyler. And I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.